upset. The thing is, is that week after week, I've done, I've done, I, I take ownership for the shit that like I fucked up, okay? I just, I don't know if it's worth it for me to fucking keep doing this when I just keep underwhelming. You know what I mean? It is because it's good for you guys to keep like having me do this thing. But like I'm, I am, and but fuck my persona. Like honestly, like I just, this is so humiliating. But think big picture. Fuck the big picture, Clint. Stop it. You can't like make light of this. This is what we do. This is the show. Right. 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 Because this is real life. I understand it's real life. Fine, let's make some fucking good TV then. Mary, I feel like we have come to the iconic moment that we haven't experienced yet this season. This is now one that will be talked about, will be quoted, will appear on tote bags and mugs. And uh, it's all because of this beautiful Best Supporting Actress uh, moment by Madeline Hatter. Yeah, I mean, I... I... I think we just have to name it up front that she is she is working her ass off for this Best Supporting Actress. Yeah. She is, I'm trying to think who has desperately campaigned in the past to win. I mean, Glenn Close, but she didn't. <laughs> uh, but no cigar, you know? Oh, but, shit. But really, when we, when we talk about, I think we talked about this with Hollow last week, it's like these are all of the things that I need a contestant to do to be our episode's Best Supporting Actress. Sure. And sometimes when it's that on the nose, I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't mm. award this kind of like obvious award bait, you know, Oscar bait. There is a lot. There are a lot of moments in this episode that are worthy of a nomination. Uh, but because of Madeline Hatter and this performance, because, who you know, there are people that might doubt that it's real, that it might be produced, that it. You know, whatever. But it's still on TV. It's still just, like, dragged up. And this is the reaction I wanted from someone who two episodes ago was like, Violencia, either do it or you don't. Shut up. Have I mean, a tequila and then go. You know? I, we didn't realize that was such an act one gun. Right. You know, it's such <laughs> such irony that now she's, you know, pitching this fit. But when she says at the end of the meltdown, like, let's make some great fucking TV. Mm -hmm. To me, it's like they film that before the, the breakdown. You know what I mean? Because that's what they, that's everything she just did was make great Shit. fucking TV. Shit. So it was like, yeah, you just did. Like whatever happens after this is really kind of inconsequential. Totally. Like I, you know, so I, oh yeah, th this made her stay. Yeah. <laughs> People were like, oh, I think this is gonna make Madeline not stay. I'm like, no, no, this is a queen that stays. And Madeline is smart enough to know that they're not gonna send her home after making such great TV. Sure. You know, which which raises the question: just watching it first time, maybe second time. And with the caveat that it's totally okay if all of this is produced, um, did it feel produced when you watched it the first no, time? No, absolutely not. I was not there. Uh, I was like hanging on every word. Same. And then when she said, fuck the big picture, Clint, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Snapping, yeah. laughing out loud. <laughs> and it's hard in those moments. It's like this, yeah, that's one of those great, lines that comes out where it's like that's it that's the quote that's, that's the quote. um you found your catchphrase yeah hang on to that yeah 
but then it's almost again it's almost so perfect that i'm like well i again i'm okay and i know this is maybe a bit hypocritical from things i've said about drag race but for some reason i'm okay with the drama they may be producing on dragula because it's good it is good and it also does feel on second watch, it might not feel authentic, but it does feel authentic. I mean, she had a full-on Julianne Moore as Sarah Palin from Game Change meltdown, almost like verbatim when she said, this is going to fucking destroy me. This is going to destroy my career. I was like, I'm waiting for you to crush the cell phone and throw it. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> and again, like all, like all, it was so on the nose of all the perfect things to do in this moment. She was giving us everything. Mm. And... Everything. (laughs) What it makes me also wonder as we go through the rest of the season and thinking a bit about these first few episodes is, you know, we talk about people who are really great in the competition side of of a show and the reality TV portion of of the show. I think I went into this expecting that Madeline was going to be equally strong in both. Mm -hmm. And she's not. I think that she is kind of... slightly underwhelming to expectations in the competition side of things. Sure. And that is making the reality TV side so much more interesting. If she was also killing it, this drama wouldn't matter. But the fact that she's kind of struggling, that there is that detox vibe of like, oh, you're just not, you're you're just this amazing queen who's just not quite getting there. That it's like, oh, this is a long story. Like this is going to play out. Yeah. We had the the whole narrative with Dahlia with Maddie that I think is not the end not that they're gonna have conflict but like I think that idea of sobriety is gonna continue like that's a very rich discussion that's another moment I would nominate for best supporting actress of Dahlia uh just on her line delivery uh that I'll get to when we get there oh yeah that Uh, scene it it I was crying. Same. I'm like, yeah, that scene really just, I don't, there's that sentiment, I think. Yeah, we'll get to it, but it was when really you powerful. Hear somebody else say that, it's like, it's almost like you need to hear it also. You know what I mean? I think everybody needs to hear that at some point. And I think when you hear it, you realize how much you maybe need to hear it or aren't hearing it or need to be reminded or whatever. I think it's this like, yeah, like that really resonated with me. Yeah. Like, oh, the importance of letting someone know that you're that they're safe right it's like oh wow anyway we will we should we will dedicate that scene to that scene because it's a great scene so good uh yeah this was uh, a a great ending to a great episode i really enjoyed this episode i thought the looks it was an acting challenge i got so much from this it was and i was really interested in I'm not a Dungeons and Dragons player myself, but I appreciate it. There was this crossover, this fandom crossover, and I like when drag validates being a geek Mm. because I think there is such, I mean, obviously just with cosplay alone, there's such an overlap, and I feel like a show like Dragula, I like that it is, even though there's jokes about, like, virginity. and and, Well, I was going to say, I just, the, the irony did not, I was not lost in that, in the mm -hmm. fact that Priscilla Chambers a drag queen who, you know, 
dresses ridiculous like a monster right is making fun of people that like to play you know role-playing dice game well i think <laughs> you know I, I i hear you i totally right it's like you know you know the the, the pot calling the kettle a, a geek you know yeah. but i uh it's like you're nerding out in a whole different way mm-hmm. you know being a drag queen talk about being a nerd right you know you're spending two to three hours putting makeup on you fucking nerd yeah you know yeah. um you dingus <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think, you know, I think about Drag Race and, and I, I think about some of the challenges or sort of the, the, the view of drag queens as like nightlife superstars and these queens of, of the party. And I think that that's all valid and true and real, but I like that Dragula, the kind of like, you know, if, if Drag Race is the star of the high school theater production, Drag Race, Dragula is like the tech crew, you know, in the background doing their own thing for the weirdos. I like that the the world in which their monsters live includes these nerdy things. It doesn't mean having to be the life of the party. See, for me, I don't see them as the tech crew. I see them as not the theater kids, but the film and TV kids. Sure. The ones with the camcorder creating the movie and geeking out in a very different way with special effects and using their computers and creating narratives that, you know, aren't written by somebody else. Right. They're less generically TV ready or stage ready. Right. You right, know? Right. Um, I, 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 brief tangent but i just saw that you mean po- a tangent a tangent <laughs> that's what talia said oh okay <laughs> um so just a brief a brief banjit but uh i just saw that play slave play the other night oh shit i'm dying to see that it's a lot it's extra it's great but there's definitely some some nudity in it and what what it struck me or even just like people in their underwear especially the men but what struck me was like all of these guys are generic broadway bodies oh i see i'm so bored yeah I like get that. i'm just so bored with that body i get that a lot and like you you're so safe being naked on stage yeah you know i, I don't right, know right yes yes and so i think of that when i think of like you know the, the tv the tv and film the av kids the tech crew kids it's like i I want the people who are not that because it's more interesting. It's more interesting. They're exposing more. Yeah. In a way, right? It's not as safe to expose yourself. I yeah. think of, you know, Landon Sider and I think about, uh, you know, uh, the performer underneath. I'm thinking about how I keep calling her her even when she's in drag, but how she had a lot of reservations about showing her boobs or having her boobs be part of the costume mm. for the rocker challenge. And I feel like, well, yeah, that's a, that's, they didn't really they didn't show the segment but that's more interesting to me is contending with your real body and not being like oh well i mean i go to mark fisher fitness so i'm pretty snatched snatched yeah i'm not worried about nudity (laughs) so anyway just a tangent Uh, a tangent a tangent i just love that uh there's so many mispronounced words on this podcast when i hear them elsewhere i'm like that's fab yeah yeah there's tap tap fab yeah that's tap tap (laughs) fabulous Well, with that, Mary, let's let's dive into Dungeons and Dragons and tell our Marys what they're listening to. Well, they are, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, scary. Uh, which is our podcast dedicated to all things Dragula, the underworld of Dragula, and the nightmare the Boulet brothers created with this ooky spooky TV show. I'm Johnny, and I can be fucking filthy, mofos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'm Colin, and, uh, you know, let's make some good fucking TV then. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm an elf priestess. Oh, so. God. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe we've gone 11 minutes without talking about Louisiana Purchase. Uh, Louise. Louise. <laughs>
<laughs> she was serving a tray full of pizza bagels. Yeah, some of them had pepperoni, pepperoni squares. Yes, you know? yes, and you know, serving out crumpled tissues that smell like a pocketbook with a halls attached. To oh it. yeah, Kelly the, Rancher. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah, one of those little strawberry candies. Yes, oh. <laughs> strawberry candies. Strawberry candies. A Werther's original. Oh, <laughs> I wonder if she's got the chewies. You know. No. no, no, no. They they would melt. Maybe a Rolo. Is that oh, what she's called? in Austin. Those I think those. I'm thinking now. These things would would melt in her purse. Okay. Oh right. She's got to get like you got to get like a Starlight Mint. Oh okay, mints. Yeah, those yes. are the cockroaches of candy. Yes. Okay. They don't they don't go nowhere. Cockroaches of candy. Yeah. yeah. No one wants them. And they don't go anywhere. Yeah. Cockroaches of candy. Cockroaches of candy. Well, house of whores. Cockroaches of candy. I'd like to see that. Oh God, we're just rolling them all out. All right, <laughs> all of them. So, so uh, all of my tits. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, yeah, the opening again. It's an extension of the 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 blood ritual that we saw last week. Yeah, um, this this to me, and I was watching it with Chris, and it 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 was just very obvious. It was like the '70s Western Kill Bill slow-mo death scene it was yeah it was a bit of that it was a little 60s psychedelic you know uh kind of grindhouse mm. uh vibe there was a little bit of that it i you know i i think it's hard to judge until i see the whole kind of story of these openings play out sure. but right now for the same reasons i talked about last week where each opening in season two was like its own bit i think i might enjoy that more right uh, but I don't know where all this is going. Right. I think that had more impact each episode, and this, it's like, well, maybe the cumulative impact will be worth it. Yeah, I don't know if the cumulative. I think it. What I appreciated was it was a completely different style, and they were they were referencing something very specific mm-hmm. instead of you know a scene that's kind of campy. So now it's oh, it's just a mu- it's a little musical montage, right? Uh, in slow mo, that's very stylized, and also probably much like a chess game, right? You sometimes have to move the rook here before you can move the bishop out. Right, exactly, exactly. So I'm just kind of you know I'm just waiting for the bishop. You know, move the bishop. <laughs> Trust the bishop. Trust the Duchess. <laughs> Trust the Duchess. It's, still, it's just so fun to say. Trust the Duchess. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, what do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about uh, Babygate? I I do. I um I want to just mention because it felt like an Act One gun that ended up being a red herring, and then we'll talk about Babygate. Was Dahlia talking about how Madeline was like the source of all evil, and she was hoping that Madeline went home? Oh, it was so incongruous with like then the conversation later, and then I thought, is that a setup for her to use the key against Madeline? Oh, I see. Yeah, it was kind of a red herring. I yeah. mean, it was. I think it probably they needed that to explain why Dahlia was just sulking. Through that entire first, I mean, it was like, and what I loved about it is that everybody just fucking ignored the child in the corner that was mad that, you know, right. They didn't get the toy that they wanted or something. Right. It was, it was, it was kind of like, okay, do what, do what you need to do over there. Mm -hmm. It's very obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do feel like there's a lot of that, which is an interesting context to think of her as the child. When we get to the scene with Madeline. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. It was a really important little scene. Yeah. So let's talk about Babygate. Yeah. Babygate. Baby Yavska. Yeah. Because uh, Yavska went home and they 
just uh, I think they were like, oh, baby Yavska. Yeah, yeah. Let's um take a moment of of, of silence for you know poor baby Yavska. Right. You know, and I think you and I both know what the context of that is and how that's being used. And it makes sense that Yavska had that kind of quality, that kind of energy in the room. Yeah. And I don't think it takes anything away from Yavska's drag. I think it was more about Yavska being the energy in the room that I think Yavska was bringing. Sure. It was like being this like, you know, button pushing, pushing little brother. Yeah. It was a stretch for me when hollow kind of came at that word. I will say it's not that hollow's perspective is wrong or that, I mean, I think she's bringing up like this valid point of the problematic nature of those terms like baby and honey and sweetie that are just kind of a little demeaning. Um, But you know, I didn't think it was pejorative. No, which, I didn't you know, either. I'm, I was like, really? That I, 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 it's like I don't know. People forget the context, and f- for me, it was like she was nitpicking that word because it gave her a chance to express something that they felt was important to them at that moment. Right, right. And I'm just kind of like, okay, uh, great. You just took the whole moment for Yovska and kind of made it about your political platform here. Yeah. That's a good point is that you just took the moment away. Like this was her moment, you know, this was my moment. And yeah, I, 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 I appreciate, I mean, it's all about context, right? Because out of that context, yeah, I get what Hollow's saying and I don't disagree with it, but in that context, it was just like, you know, Cinderella's stepsister, you know, wrong foot, wrong foot. (laughs) It's not going to fit. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. What what are you supposed to say back to that? So at the end of the day, it's almost like the way Hollow kind of inserted that platform, uh, again, a valid platform, but there's no room for dialogue. So if, if Priscilla didn't agree or Dahlia didn't agree, it was just kind of like, well, there's nothing I can say. Mm-hmm. Well, I just didn't know what what hollow wanted the reaction to be and maybe hollow didn't want there to be reaction maybe it was just i need to get this out because this is an artist and i appreciate yovska's art and i want to say that it's like okay say that about baby yovska sure <laughs> yeah exactly you know that 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 precious little infant of drag uh, you know i i think when someone says something like well i'm not going to say that i'm not going to call her a baby or call him a baby or whatever uh yeah i okay great then don't yeah Continue to not like I don't to me that's like a sort of passive way of saying well you're not allowed to say it either right because my logic is is correct is sound yeah, yeah. it's it's it, to me it comes off as very academic and mm-hmm. the problem there's a lot of great great reasons why academic kind of uh, rhetoric is coming into our consciousness and people are talking more academically the problem is is that we're not ready for the next step right so it's pointing out the problem and then bringing other people along to the solution and i don't know if we're if by just calling out baby in the middle of things uh is allowing people to evolve with you yeah i think it's intimidating them to um not cross that line. Yeah. I think that's what happens more often than not. And this wouldn't be all right, Mary, if I didn't give another perspective. And so the other perspective is you have a platform on Dragula. Yeah. Call it all the fuck out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think this goes back to, and I'm not 
disagreeing, but it goes back to what Madeline said. Let's make some good fucking TV then. Is it good? Is it good TV? I mean, they kept it in. She, I'm sure. I'm sure Hollow said a whole bunch of other shit they didn't keep in. Yeah. So I, you know, it's getting. We've talked about it now for a few minutes. So clearly, it was like worth including. Yeah. Well, but, because I mean, the word baby, right? It's like that. It, just because they're young doesn't mean that they're not as evolved, right? Yeah, I guess I just, you know, it gets to that certain point where it's like, you know, could could you could you just see two feet in front of the word and right. two feet behind it and two feet to the left and the right? Could we just not be so effing myopic because of, of a trigger word? Yeah, there are some words that are have more impact than others. And I didn't I didn't see this context of like celebrating Yavska as a moment to stop and question the word. Right, right. right. Um, so to quote Priscilla, I mean, I just love that moment. And then they, they probably pulled it from some other moment in the season, but Priscilla and the talking heads just kind of doing that, like, you know, side to side look and saying, this is bullshit. Right. <laughs> the show is certainly editorializing sure. hollow as well. Yes. And it happens later with the conservatory speak. Oh, I love that. I learned so much about hollow. Yeah. From the conservatory. Once speech. she used the word conservatory, yes. I said, Oh, Got it. Yes. Got it. You are uh, classically trained all over your tits. Got it. Got it. In theater with an R-E. Yes, exactly. Theater with an R-E. Um, uh, I mean, uh, it also made me kind of fall in love with Hollow. I also learned that Hollow uses all pronouns as long as the intention is uh, pure. So if you call her uh, and refer to her as they, it's okay because uh, it's all pronouns. Because sometimes Hollow is Daddy Eve, right? And sometimes Hollow is, you know, Mama Eve. So in that situation, intention matters. Got it. Um, oh, anyway, shots fired. Uh, listen, <laughs> you know, you shot me down. Bang, yeah, bang, bang, bang baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lap it up, baby. My baby shot me down. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, you know, this power structure isn't necessary, Mary. No, no, I'm <laughs> not going to. I'm going to say that beautiful artist over there. OK, great. It's a uh, lot of emotions for safe. Yeah. So you don't know much about Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I mean, I, I know about it. I just I've never played it. I've never like sat down and like tossed the dice out. So been... I for a good like two and a half months, I dated a dungeon master. Oh, uh, and so Kinky. I it, let me tell you, it was it was some of the best sex I've ever had. Oh, I have some theories about nerd sex. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I got to sit on a uh, sit in on. I didn't play because they had already started the campaign when I started dating him. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, they would come together weekly and I got to watch this campaign play out. And he was a dungeon master. So he kind of knows everything. He also dungeon masters often write their own like what happens uh -huh. uh, granted everybody writes what happens but uh, there's like certain like oh there's a tree here kind of thing right okay I mean okay I, I sort of understand I, I trust you on this one uh, that they're basically helping create the story of what's happening well it, creating the story in the sense of uh, you roll a six and you're like you, you, you move six and you're like you know uh, now I'm gonna play this card and then you describe and some people are more creative and some people are like they they the, the dungeon master will talk about the whole scene and like really like point out little details. And mm -hmm. if you're a story 
person or a creative person, you might like take one of those details and be like, and then you know the bard ran over to the the amber relic and right. picked it up. You know, right? You'll embellish a little because you know how to tell a story yeah. versus like reading the card saying, and then the elf went to the woods and he found the oracle. Right, right. It's yeah. like playing mafia with middle schoolers versus playing mafia with adults. Mm-hmm. And when you play mafia with adults, like the death scenes become more elaborate. The arguing back and forth of who's the mafia member. Do you mm-hmm. ever play that game? I remember it from probably from high school. Yeah, yeah. Or, it, it's yeah. just it's a, a way to be very creative and kind of role play, which mm-hmm. is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, I I think it's you know this this sort of you know at least Venn diagrams with like video game culture right now, and um, I, you know I I'm sort of fascinated by the gamer G A Y M E R gamer <laughs> culture. Uh, I don't know. I I think. I think in general, and I'm using the words nerd and geek with lots of love, obviously. Yeah, of course. I have a fucking podcast. I'm no one to call anyone a nerd and not yeah. be in the pool with them. You know? I'm in the middle of pl- replaying Skyward Sword on my Wii. Okay, Mary? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have a Twitch account. Like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm obsessed with actresses from the 1970s. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nerd. nobody's paradigm of cool. Let's just get it straight. Uh, uh, so I think what I like about this nerd geek world and then the overlapping with like gay culture is just to me, I, it's funny, you know, the word safe comes back. It feels safe to me. It yeah. feels like you get to role play yeah. and make stories. And, and uh, yeah, it's a community that often draws in people who feel outcasted or people who don't, you know, the feel... horsey girls in high school. Yeah, right? yeah, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It feels like it, it draws in a crowd of people that are used to welcoming in people who don't fit in yeah and i'm sure i'm generalizing but i just feel like i think that way more than i think about like the lacrosse team at like an upper middle upper white you know upper class white high school you know what i mean right that doesn't feel as inclusive to me this is a a big tangent but uh in the movie sydney white with amanda Bynes. oh i did not see that Is is she in drag well no it's like snow white but it's like a retelling where she goes to college and she meets these seven like total dorks okay. that live in a house together. Anyway, she starts dating Prince Charming, this like fraternity guy. And he comes up, he comes over to pick her up because she lives in the house with them. And the all of the dorks are playing video games. And Prince Charming is like, oh yeah, I know that game. And starts like saying like little details about the game. And I'm like... No, don't do that. Even even if you play games, you're still not of that culture because you were never left out. Yeah, exactly. Just because you know the character's name doesn't mean that like, well, it's like, are we being hypocritical about like excluding him? Right. Well, no, I mean, he's included, but he's also part of a group that is exclusive. Sure. Well, there and there. Yeah, I guess like there's all that said. Check your privilege, Chad, you know, Chad. Yeah, (laughs) whatever his name is. Chad is fine. Chad, I think that's. <laughs> Although we have some Marys named Chad, and we oh, don't no. mean you. I know some lovely Chads. It's, I mean, it's sort of like I feel like that's become an expression of like, oh, oh yeah, a total like that Chad. Yeah. Oh yeah, or a Karen. You know. Mm-hmm. I know some great Karens. Oh yeah. Oh me too. Yeah. Yeah, Karen. Karen. <laughs> and Karen. Oh, I love Karen. <laughs> oh, you mean. Karen, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, Karen from from finance. Oh yeah, sure, sure. I love, I love her. Uh, them, um, them, them. Excuse <laughs> me. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I'm not going to use the word finance. It's pejorative. Uh, 
<laughs> so uh, we have bards, we have barbarians, we have rogues, we have warriors, we have priestesses, which is the gayest word. Well, it just gives Louisiana Purchase a chance to say, I'm an elf priestess. <laughs> so I feel pretty confident about this. Mom, as an elf priestess. Mom, yes, mom. <laughs> mom. Mom can be filthy. I can be fucking filthy mofos. I love that. Mom. Ah, I can be fucking filthy mofos. Oh, of course. Yes, you can. Yes, girl. you can. Yes, you, yes can. you can. Yes, you can be anything you want. Uh, and then obviously the necromancer, which is a character in Dungeons and Dragons I am not familiar with at all. So, uh, don't I mean, write me letters. Yeah, you know, it, it's all geek to me, you know? That's funny, Mary. Thank That's you, a good Cher's little mom. phrase. Thank you. Cher's mom? That's what I said. Cher's mom. What? Cher, from, oh my, what planet am I on? That's very funny. Oh, that's very funny. Oh, that's very funny. Oh, Cher's mom. Yes. That's wow. very funny. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, all right. So anyway, um, we've come to my cremonem of the season. All right. Bring it on. The season so far. The season. The season. Mm -hmm. And I haven't experienced something like this in a pretty long time. But when they all start walking into the boudoir and announcing like what they are, and it's like, I'm an elf bard and I'm a dark elf rogue. And then Eva walks in and goes, I'm a reptile. Oh, God. <laughs> and granted, I love Eva, but right. I just was like, yeah, like, don't... Just the, them all announcing what they were when they walk in the room. I was like, this is... This, this is, feels so uncomfortable. And why does it have to keep happening? Yes! It's just multiple entrances of, well, we're back, survived again, ugh, I'm here. Yes, right, like, right, right. Stop right. it. This it, isn't laughing. Yes, or make it a thing, editors, and, and actually, like, have them make entrances a la Drag Race. Or don't, Or you know? don't. Just let them walk in and... It makes know. me think of that moment with, like, when we see the doors open but before they before the doors open to the workroom on RuPaul's Drag Race mm -hmm. we see them kind of all like Meh. and yeah. then the doors open It's like, this is season 7 and then they walk in and they're on again because mm -hmm. the lights are on and everything it was that type of moment for me right right yeah. right where you see them switching it on but it's kind of like the bulb flickers a little bit <laughs> Yeah. Bitches are back. Yes, exactly. It's like waiting, <laughs> holding the statue. Um, there was a moment actually that was very was sort of similar. It is a micro, micro moment. But when they're on stage getting told their characters and Maxie oh, go, go gets uh, their character and goes, yeah, and then kind of glances around, glances at the camera for a second, like turns off. Did I get it? You got it? Great. Oh, wow. It's a micro moment, but it's so, ooh, you need to cut that like half a second. <laughs> Like Maxi checking, did it good? Yeah. Oh, bless their heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, anyway, what happens later? Oh God, that's my second cringe moment. Uh, it oh, involves Maxi. The reading. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just took the note. Ugh, read throughs. Read throughs. The worst. Yes. Um. So. I just wanted to b have a big shout out for the Abora sweatshirt that Priscilla was wearing. Yes. I was like, all right, come on, drag Dragula doing Dragula. Yeah. Oh, oh so yeah. good. Well, I think that just that also calls to the need to just give Priscilla some airtime. I don't think we are recognizing she has been flying in the safe zone this first half of the season. And I think she's great. She was great in this episode. She's great in both the competition and the reality TV side of things. I love the thing with Israel, her whole, like the ongoing thing. Oh like, my God. Oh he's, yeah. And oh. he's whatever. Oh yeah. So Israel <laughs> walks in, whatever. 
I love it. That's great. Yeah. It's, it, and that is like a funny ongoing yes. bit is like her, her obsession with Israel. Totally. Um, I'm, I mean, yeah, she was amazing this episode. I'm really, I want to see Priscilla in like the top three, honestly. In some oh, ways. I think, I think that's where Priscilla is going. Yeah. It's actually top three after this performance. Yeah. Oh my God. I was like, yeah. okay. Top three for mm-hmm. sure. Um, th- I this I don't know if I blame Priscilla for this, but I think it's it's all right, Mary. So it's worth saying, especially because of how outspoken Hollow is, and I wonder if there was a conversation. But um, and you know, this is my platform, so I'm going to use it. But uh, Priscilla the next day is wearing um, an A shirt or an undershirt that says "Husband Beater." Yeah, yeah, I noticed that, and I get the satire and the irony of like I'm gonna wear a shirt that's referred to as a wife beater and have husband beater written on it Mm -hmm. but I don't think any of those terms are great I mean if it yeah right like I think if we're gonna question you know statements or words and word choices yeah it's it's certainly a little more you know tricky than the word baby I mean agreed I'm like well first of all let's just let's take wife beater out of it mm-hmm. it said husband beater on it yeah oh yeah yeah Fuck that. the fact that it's referential doesn't make it better yeah. yeah yeah like there's nothing okay with that yeah like it's I mean and then it goes back to this like very racist stereotype mm-hmm. uh, about people that wear uh, they used to be called day goatees uh-huh sure and yeah. and it's this wife beater, and now that's what people say. They say oh, a beater, or a, beater. a wife beater. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's become just like like saying calling a bandage a band aid. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's I don't want to be you know sort of be the hollow eve in the room here, but I I guess there's a part of me that's like I I stand by the idea that you can make you can say whatever you want, just be prepared for people's reactions. Yeah. I guess I just feel like. This does not feel like edgy humor to me. Like I kind of feel like that's like this guy who just got fired from SNL. I feel like the oh, I didn't hear about it. Oh, so uh, they had hired three new cast members, and it was this one oh, woman, Bowen Yang, right? Bowen Yang, yeah. uh, Chloe Feynman, who I'd seen on Instagram. She is so funny. I'm so excited about her. And then this other guy, Shane Gillis. And so then, of course, it came up that he had been like you know homophobic jokes racist jokes blah 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 they weren't even that funny that's the problem okay if they were funny like a funny gay joke uh okay yeah i get i I, i'm i'm not afraid of that but they weren't funny and he got fired from snl before he even got on the show and you know his argument was like that he was just like he's always done like edgy humor and you know that's just what he does and it's like yeah this wasn't edgy like mm. making racist jokes or gay jokes that's the most mundane shit any like, you know what i mean like that's so easy right and so i guess i it certainly made me you know to tie it back to priscilla like the husband beater shirt certainly made me think and go oh that's interesting oh that's an interesting flip but then it was like well is that any better right like, right. I mean, it just made me think of, like, statistics of spousal abuse among gay couples. I yeah, don't know. exactly. Like, I don't, like, uh, domestic violence happens in the gay community as well, right? Yeah. So it's, I it just, and granted, husband beater could also refer to a woman beating a man or a gay man, right? So uh-huh. we're, we're not kind of naming what type of beating it is. But it just was interesting that we're seeing all of these nitpicks from Hollow, which, again, is her platform and is fine. But was there a conversation and why wasn't it shown? Right. Was it just like too many hot button issues, you know, too many problematic word, you know, moments in one episode? Right. I don't know. It's, you know, I 
I think it's, you know, because there's that part of me that's feeling like, oh, where people like, oh, girl, Mary's, get over Yeah, it. and I get that. And I get that. But, you know, like, if you've been listening for a it. while, like, this is what we do. Yeah. So, you're like, yeah. keep hitting that fast forward 15 yeah. button. I hate the term wife beater. And seeing husband beater, I was like, huh, that's smart. And the other part of me is like, it still sucks. I had the same reaction. <laughs> huh, that's smart. And kind of stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, all right, Mary. But you know what? I'll, I'll cap it off by saying I don't think that Priscilla shouldn't have worn the shirt. I just think that if she got confronted for, you know, about it, oh, sure. she should be prepared prepared for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my thought. Yeah, on and that. maybe Priscilla has this like really cool thing to say of like, I'm pointing out that it's called a wife beater. Yeah, because it sucks. And and when you see the word husband beater, then you're talking about it. Now you're thinking right, about it. Right, exactly. But you don't even hear it when we say wife. Yeah, beater. you don't hear it when people refer to it. Then you know that's brilliant to me. So there you go. There is the full all right, Mary experience. <laughs> we saw all perspectives and we landed on none of them. Right. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's that should be our tagline. We yeah. see all perspectives and land on none. Of yeah, them. my <laughs> ass is sore from sitting on this fence. <laughs> oh my god, my ass is sore. Ugh, that yeah. sounds. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Reminds me of uh, summer Israel camp. Zamora. Yeah, yeah. Reminds me of Israel walked in. I mean, whatever. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Israel Zamora is next level hot this season. Oh, yeah. The eyeliner is upped. The... Just like his eyes and – because obviously he looks the same. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with that. It's just he's – I feel like he's doing more and he's just kind of like creepy interacting more that I yeah, find very I, sexy. It's, I'm, I'm into it. I feel like I uh, was watching it the other night on like a big TV and I was like, Israel, do you have freckles? Are those freckles <laughs> that I see? Israel. Oh, Mary, did you see the outtakes with Israel? I think from season one, I think it was. No. Oh, Mary. I'll try to post it on Twitter or something, but it's Israel like doing these really like fay sissy poses on a couch oh oh mary interesting it's it's really great all right um yes uh we have a dragula's version of a mini challenge which i thought was very appropriate oh finding the key find the key oh my god and i just wrote down like find the key anxiety it reminded me of one of those escape the rooms that you do as like a team building exercise oh i thought it was going to be more like uh charging for materials oh i mean it was a bit of that but then it was like everyone's looking in different places and i've done one of those escape the rooms Same. and i'm like Oh, I'm looking in this drawer. I don't know. I don't uh. And then I close the drawer and I just kind of look around. <laughs> I'll check this drawer because I just don't want to get into the like the 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 kerfuffle of finding the key. I'll, I'll read this book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let me see if there's any keys in this in this fire hazard sign on the wall back here. And then someone on the intercom. That's not part of the set. Right. Please keep looking. Yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> Looking for the camera. Uh, uh, the conversations that happen in those monitor rooms of Escape the Room. Yeah. I would love to be a fly in the wall. If any of our Marys are Escape the Room monitors, I really just want to know the wildest stories. Yeah. I, like, at what point did you have to say, okay, we need to go in there. They're 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 going to burn the place down. <laughs> they're about to rip the wall open. Right, yeah. right. Have you ever seen people just like sex you know like oh yeah what do they get away with right? right do they think oh we're locked in this room no one can see us we have 30 minutes well they all obviously know that they can maybe they don't maybe they tell them Mary. but you know i went into a room once i did that i did this when i was in barcelona and barcelona yeah and uh there was a room and then there was like a little like closet room that i thought well maybe someone would go in there and think well they can't see me in here <laughs> i don't know I, I didn't feel that way i was I was not. I just wanted to get the fuck out of that room. Ugh. 
Um, so we have the read through moment. Obviously, this was cringe moment number two for me with just Maxie's voice and Dahlia reading and just how like, I don't know, it reminded me of high school, which is yeah. why it was cringy. And it wasn't anything against the performers, but just that experience of reading new dialogue and wanting to impress right like when yeah you you you're kind of you're kind of putting icing on a cake that hasn't finished baking right you know it's like no just get just the, read the words yeah just get it get it down and then when it's cool then you can put icing on it yeah 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 um and then we learn a lot more about hollow well she's conservatory trained uh she's uh i'm a conservatory trained actor and i have degrees in theater and I've been performing my entire life. I wow. there was uh, my heart kind of grew because then I just saw the theater kid. Yeah, of course. I was like, that's what they are. They're the theater kid that ate lunch in the theater in high school and college, you know, mm-hmm. and just like geeked out about performing and becoming somebody else, which made me think of a theater kid i'm like they're very insecure right and i mean it made me wonder like what roles has hollow what what shakespearean roles hollow has sure played? like were you the nurse in romeo and juliet you know or the friar <laughs> I, right, right whatever yeah israel walked in whatever Which, who's uh who's the queen from um uh midsummer oh i don't know midsummer. or 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 seen no, uh, whatever. That's yeah. Okay. Uh, All yeah. I know, she was quoting. Orsine Price. Orsine Price. Oh God, that is a snatch game character. Yep. Yep. And Anna Wintour. Orsine Price. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe no one's been Anna Wintour yet. No, wait a minute. Someone has. No, Diana Vreeland. Oh, I thought there was an Anna Wintour. No. Mm. Um. But uh, yes. So I, I, she was quoting the sonnet one forty seven, and I have. Things to say about that. I mean, oh, did she, you know that when she did it? Did you know that it was the son at one forty-seven, or how did you figure that out? Did you do? You, I mean, that. that, that <laughs> do was do like, you not know? Oh, no, oh it was forty-seven. That was like the one sonnet we studied in tenth grade. Oh no, I didn't study <laughs> that one. Only, I do not like Shakespeare. That is the only reason I know that oh. that was sonnet one forty-seven because that was the only one we studied. <laughs> I, I remember reading this, like the sonnets, but I. That one did not stick with me. Oh, that was so. the only one I know of. Oh, and then there's the shall I compare thee to a summer's day, but I don't oh, know what number that is. Sure, I know that one. I mean, ultimately, if you're not like, if you're not doing Lady Macduff's soul scene uh, for Macduff or Macbeth, Macbeth, then then I don't know. Lady Macbeth, yeah. Lady Macduff, the the best supporting actress, the Beatrice Strait of Macbeth. Did you see Sleep No More? Uh, I mean, yeah, I okay. like. I saw it. I missed everything. Oh, you I did? walked around with a mask on. I was like, oh, there's a bunch of people running. I'm not. Oh, no, no. okay. Sleep No More you. was. Wasn't for you. Well, it was anxious for you. I was. We, we saw it together. We went together? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I feel like it was you and me and somebody else. And like maybe two other people. I'm pretty sure. I think I'm. I'm I went with my friend Shane. I know that. Uh, maybe with Anthony yes, and Peter. Yes, oh. I think it was with Anthony and Peter. Oh. And yeah, I, that was just, it. Was just like oh, the that's escape right. the room. You hated it, and I was like, well, I guess <laughs> I'll just read this book. I hate it. It's not. I appreciate that it's amazing, but it's not my kind of theater. Got I don't it. like immersion theater. Got it. I don't like audience participation. Yeah, I know you hate. I that. don't like. Oh my god, run after them! Right. Well, you're not really supposed to do that, but. People go back to to then see different stories and follow different characters. Anyway, it's I don't the running. About, I just yes, the running. I cringe. You don't need to run. You could just walk and then get to the room, and I they'll. Know. You're not gonna miss. But it anything. was. I'm not gonna go into the room full of people who ran. 
Oh, I see. You know what I, I mean? See. You don't want to be part of that peer group. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be a part of that group. Yeah. They're going to ruin it for me. You should have just gone back down to the bar and hung out there. I know. I know. That's I, the best place. Yeah. Well, I'll never do it again. Well, fine. Um, uh, Murray Hill is performing uh, at the Mandalay Bar. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, it's coming up, actually. I've never seen Murray Hill perform. I remember seeing ads for Murray Hill shows, like when I first moved to New York. They uh, they were always like in Time Out New York. I would love to go. I think it's in like a couple weeks. Yeah, it could be interesting. I mean, Murray Murray Hill is kind of like a classic like a king. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, I the Shakespeare when when she was just reading Shakespeare at Eva, and Eva had that moment of just like. Oh my God! Stop! Right? Can right? you just stop? And she was like, "I was trying to find out where that was in the script." Like, th- like sweet little Eva, like being nice, but yeah. like, oh, like this is way too much, Hollow. I, <laughs> I had never felt so seen as Eva in that moment. I was like, Eva, that is literally, I, like, I see myself in this moment because it's that thing of like, like when theater people just like sing at yes. you, and yes. you're like. What do you want me to do? I know that you've been triggered and you're singing apart from a musical that you love. Am I supposed to wait till you're done? Well, Am yes, Mary. To... But I want to just keep talking. I'm having a conversation. Right, this right. is there's no this isn't a musical. It's a conversation. There's no <laughs> musical number. Hollow was very excited to have a challenge that was up their wheelhouse, you know, and I'm just kind of like I get all that. And I was also getting Eva where I was like, oh, "Stop." Yeah, just stop. I One you... line from the sonnet. Yeah. Not four or five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know you're excited, and I know this. And proving something again. It it exp- also why my heart kind of grew a little bit because I saw more insecurity in Hollow this episode. Yeah, through this new lens and just overdoing it. So in oh insecurity. You oh you saw this as overcompensating. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm good at this. I'm good at this. Yeah. I know about this. Yeah. I belong in this room. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's if that is kind of like this, this, and and I think there's some truth to that. That that the underlying driving force with Hollow is a lot of this. I belong in this room. I belong in this room. It, to I me, I mean, I felt this way from the start. I was just like, yeah, of course you do. Like it just feels so. <laughs> it's so natural. It's so for natural. Hollow to be there. Yeah. Like what are you proving? Like you are you're a front runner, right? Like, a front runner. Yeah. So if anything, there are other performers in this room who might be feeling that way right or need to prove themselves right you know and i don't yeah so at once when hollow does that performance i am eva and i'm also like good job hollow you you show them you show them hollow i know it's i'm not you know i i'm happy for hollow to feel her oats and have a moment having a moment <laughs> all but, over my tits. all over my tits <laughs> they compare thee to a summer's day to whip my tits out in every gay, gay man, white man gay bar in this entire goddamn world every gay man white bar <laughs> gay white man bar yeah, gay white man bar <laughs> fabulous tap tap fabulous you know what that reminds me of? that reminds me of when the vixen called rupaul aunt tom <laughs> In the tweet, it was just like, okay, 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 <laughs> fine, you win. Uh, um, anyway. Uh, but anyway, the other thing I wanted to say, uh, in my head, if I was Eva, I would be like, thank you, five. Yes. Thank you, five. Please, five. <laughs> Take five minutes. Five feet. Five meters. Thank you, five. <laughs> five decibels lower. Just give me five of something other than this. 
Oh God. Um, yeah. So I, that whole moment was, I was on the fence for it. Yeah. No. And yeah. I, and I, now I just kind of was digging into hollow a bit. I will say like for a positive, I appreciated when she was kind of, they were, they were working out this scene with Priscilla and she was saying like, what's going to sell it is your reaction. And I was like, this is really good. I loved it. And that's another thing, another testament to how good that little scene was Yeah, with Priscilla because Hollow actually directed the fuck out of that yeah, scene. Like it and was, it was better than the other one. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was like, okay, I get it. Your conservatory trains, but you kind of know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, it was, it was so well done. Yeah. yeah. So I, I will certainly give her that. Um, and, that being said, well, while she was being a drama queen, it was no competition for Madeline Hatton oh, and no. Dahlia. No, 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 no. And that um, tense two-hander on stage, as they say. The I, hate, I hate when people describe two people plays, like plays with just two characters as a two-hander. That's what they call it? Oh, God. I feel like, you know, Time Out New York, their theater reviews used to say it all the time. Theater reviews always use this term. And it's if, if it's a, like... A play with two characters, you know, the opening description or the like, the little blurb will be like this um, tense, evocative two-hander from you know, like it, it's oh, oh I hate, you hate that expression. That. It's very academic. Like it's so pretentious. Sure. Ugh. Pejorative. What's that mean? <laughs> What's that mean? I don't know what that means. Yeah. Um, Some kind of ancient dildo. Uh, just another tangent. What is your favorite two-hander play? Do you have one? Uh, a favorite two-hander. Um, and not the odd couple, Mary. Oh, which isn't. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, there's those British sisters <laughs> and those friends. A play with two people that I really like. That's a good question. I mean, I obviously there's lots of one acts that are like this. Like what jumps out to me is I really like Sure Thing by David Ives. Oh, sure. Um, I did that in college once. Ding. Yeah, ding. So uh, what's your favorite two-hander, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> well, funny you should ask. I, as a conservatory-trained actor, it might be ragtime. Ding. ding. <laughs> so what's your Night favorite Mother. two-hander? Ding. Blackbird. Ding. <laughs> John and Jen. That's a musical. Ding. Ding. <laughs> Spalding Gray solo piece. Ding. The Philadelphia. Ding. Ding. <laughs> uh, uh, now your favorite two-hander is this podcast. It is. Yeah. My, yeah. my favorite two-hander is All Right, Mary. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? Uh, I have a two-hander whenever I have a one-hander. So oh. you know what I'm saying? Oh, right? I see. I see. I see. Yeah. That's, a, that's nice. You got one of those extenders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, shade. the shade of it all. Well, I love a I love a good two hander in a bathhouse. If you know. What oh, I'm saying, Mary. sure, sure. Just put him, you know, put him in there and clap. You know <laughs> what I say? Oh, you twisted it. It went somewhere yep, else. Yep. Oh yeah. Mary. You gotta warm your hands by the fire. You know. There's a fire. Well, you know, you get deep enough. Oh God. Yeah. Oh God. Oh Ooh, my ass. <laughs> Oh, I burn my ass. I burn my ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's from uh, Drag Race. Dra- yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The weather, the weather challenge, or the weather challenge, ass. the news challenge. I burn my ass. I burn my ass. Yara Sophia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, back to six whiskey gingers deep. I mean, when she said that, I went. That a girl. Oh, I was like, oh, I know what that is. The only time I've ever been like a few whiskey gingers deep, I got very mean. It was many years ago. And I was like, oh, oh I'm never doing this again. Yeah, no. Uh, whis- I usually just have straight bourbon, mm-hmm. but um, then I can't hang out as long. Yeah. So I'll have whiskey gingers. Uh, and yeah, no, if I have more than three, 
um, I forget that I'm drinking them. Yeah. 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 Uh, this was great. Talking about addiction on television is always phenomenal. Yeah. I'm and, always here for it. And I kind of forgave the fact that this scene was very much like, here, sit here and talk about a two-hander. it. two-hander. It was a two-hander. Yeah. Yeah. I forgave that because, yeah, I'm always here for talking about addiction, especially in the gay community, especially, I think, among, you know, drag queens, performers, yeah, artists, artists, whatever. I think... Um, you know, a lot of times people are creating from pain and there's lots of ways to deal with your pain. Oh, yeah. So I mean, it, there's a lot of uh, I take it to teachers in the classroom and my own experience teaching. But like, yeah, there's things you work out. Right. Yeah. In your art in in what you do. Yeah. And for drag queens and performers. Yeah. The writers especially. Are yeah. Just like working it out. By, yeah. You're you're reading diary entries sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have to numb yourself when you're not writing. Yeah. Or in order to write, you need to be a lot of writers like they have, that's been their affliction is in order to write. They have to drink. Yeah. yeah. And so I would say the same about, uh, you know, Dressing up as a drag queen and getting all that attention, sometimes, yeah, you do need to be a little fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, when you think about kind of if drag is, for some folks, it's an armor. For other people, it's an opportunity to be who you are. Right. I think, yeah, there's still a bit of Dutch courage that might be coming with that. Yeah. And that can get out of hand. And Madeline talks, uh, when we did the Meet the Queens episode, I watched that uh, little vignette that uh, starred Madeline Hatter. Uh, a really, really deep intense story mm -hmm. uh growing up and to become the person that she is yeah so it you know it's just to hear that like it's still a struggle it's a work in progress like expect this from me yeah uh that there's, was... there's self-awareness that i was just like this is a great start yeah i think to to say to, or at least to recognize that relapse is a part of recovery oh, just, it's certainly it part of hers so <clears throat> yeah i mean it's part of hers but it's part of I, in some ways, it, it's almost like that should be the accept, expected, you know, journey of recovery is moments of relapse because Understood. if, it, if right. it doesn't happen, great. But if it does, it shouldn't feel like, oh, now you're fucked. Right. It should just be like, no, this, this is normal. Yep. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, it's hard. And it's hard. And then you have to, like, you know, recover from that. And I think, uh, yeah, I appreciated, as you said, her self-awareness. Dahlia was very interesting in this scene well speaking of a two-hander i mean she puts two hands on uh, the necromancer on, yeah on madeline and says i'm not gonna hurt you i'm gonna say this one more time i'm not gonna hurt you you've been hurt enough and that's when tears just came uh, yeah i mean that's just it it's it's a very compassionate moment. It's very like, do you see me? I, I see you. Do you, see, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of that. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's a, I think that is a, it's a tricky space. It's a tricky space to be in, right? Because I also feel like watching that Dahlia, you can't really say that with confidence because sometimes we hurt each other. And sometimes like, I think that there is I, I just I think about that in terms of like, you know, friendships, relationships, whatever, where it's like you you can say, like, I'm never going to hurt you. I'm, it's like when you you are never going to intentionally. Right. You're never going to, like, be malicious. But there may be times where you inadvertently do something that hurts someone's feelings or you say something out of turn that was, you know, unthinking and unfeeling. And I because you're human because you're human. And I guess that is where, well, I appreciated that Dahlia was kind of 
performing a really interesting emotional intelligence it was it was also very much tinged with the romanticism of being 23 uh i don't know if i'm there with you mary i felt that this is exactly what and maybe i am there with you but i feel like this is exactly what dahlia felt this is exactly how dahlia thinks and that mo in that moment that's where they needed to go and I, yeah. I, I think that that's a sign of emotional intelligence. So that's not just 23 because 23 is like, fuck you, bitch, you know? Well, I think that, I think that what we're seeing is where Madeline is, is recognizing that this is going to be imperfect and will always be imperfect. I think Dahlia is trying to proclaim perfection of like, you are safe with me. I am never going to hurt you. You are now creating an impossible standard to meet that you will always, like, instead of saying that like, I am on your team and I'm on your side and I care about you. You can care about someone and hurt them, you know, accidentally, inadvertently, whatever. I, I don't know. I'm I still not, I still love that phrase. I'm not going to hurt you. I do, I too. I think that is a phrase that is OK to say and is meaningful and is truthful. I think. It, yeah. I, yes, of course. Everybody knows. Yeah. We, people fuck up. And it's OK that she said that. I don't know. I I I. I appreciate what she said i love the moment i'm not trying to poo poo it i guess i i guess what i'm kind of responding to to be honest is is maybe a little less of whether i feel that she is right or wrong or whatever and a little bit more of like navigating that space with someone that like you're safe with me i'm not going to hurt you that is incredibly like vulnerable fragile space and I guess I've been viewing Dahlia as being a little less mature throughout mm -hmm. this competition. Mm -hmm. So I yeah. don't like if this was a conversation between Madeline and Louisiana, I wouldn't be saying any of this right now. Oh, but because it's Dahlia could, because you don't trust Dahlia. Because I don't see her. I have not seen examples of her emotional intelligence supporting her claims. Got it. Whereas if it was Louisiana or many of these other performers, even Hollow, whatever, I would I would say, yeah, I, I believe you. I think you're capable of making this kind of contract with someone. Yeah, I mean, it, it calls back to Abora, right? Where we, Abora we saw grow. And I wonder if this is an opportunity for Dahlia to see where she can grow and, and how she can be. Because mm -hmm. I think it's still early on in the season and Dahlia won the first challenge. I don't think she's done winning. This is the beginning of something. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to see it through. I think it's just like in that moment, what I appreciate is when you when you tell someone oh you're safe i'm not going to hurt you is like okay are you are you up for what you're signing up for here is like because it takes it takes a lot to take somebody else's like emotions into account in your life you know mm -hmm. and i think that's not to be underestimated and i i don't know it just it it just really resonated for me that like you can say that but are you mature enough? Are you self-aware enough to know what that looks like in practice? Yeah. That's kind of what it is. It's the practice of it. You can say that and it can feel good and it can look great in a scene, but do you know how to do that? That's kind of what I'm responding I, to here. I, I am with you and I am just trying to play devil's advocate sure. because there's only two of us. Of course. I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying these things. Not I to... also love this moment so much that it, I don't want to completely just undermine it sure because I, of her age i mean and and i feel you know when i say age there's lots of very emotionally intelligent 23 year olds and a lot of like emotionally you know 
developmentally arrested 47 year olds you know so like it's more of just that sense of like life experience Mm -hmm. like knowing what it takes to kind of back that claim up i don't know um it yeah i've harped on this enough but um i yeah i mean it's a great moment it is i I, like ultimately i appreciate the conversation being had i appreciate that she when madeline was like oh like do you want to have an awkward hug and she's like we can just have a real hug you don't have to make it weird yeah that felt real to me that felt like okay and then she said okay let go yeah yeah like and that's where i think honestly i'm willing to see the other side because okay madeline clearly you're not as comfortable with this expression of emotions as dahlia right and there's cameras on you yeah so you know there's a lot of nuances yeah but that those are my reactions and i also agree that dahlia has struggled showing a sense of emotional stability throughout this right especially when it comes to madeline right so to make a claim like this i'm like okay yeah yeah um, it's worth just talking about this cute little moment from Louisiana, the kick up in the air when they're, pra- when Louisiana and her team are kind of practicing mm-hmm. a scene, Louis- Louisiana's like, and then I'll fall and then, oh, and her yes. leg goes up. It was just, it was giving me Katya and the John Waters challenge. Yes. Yes. That was a great <laughs> moment. It was like, look at you knowing you- how to move. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remembered that. It was very also uh, Faye Dunaway in as Joan Crawford with uh-huh. the leg. Uh huh. The light goes <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After she takes the the stocking off. Yeah, in the mirror. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, there was you know. I also you know, if we're gonna just kind of um, talk Louisiana moments, there's some moment right at the end of that scene where they're talking about the other, I guess Madeline and Dahlia, and she says at the end, "Well, I'm sure they'll catch up." And she like does that little lip pop at the end. Just it's it, oh, mom. It, yeah, it's <laughs> I can't think of a portmanteau of mom and nuance, mom ants, but it doesn't work. But necromancer. Sorry. Yeah, she <laughs> necro nuancer. Yeah, I yeah, but she's given me mom nuance. So like maternal matru matruance. Yeah, I, you know, Mat- I, Matuance. Yeah, what's what's a mom nuance, Marys? Help us out. What's yeah. it called? Mom yeah. nuance. Yeah, mom nuance. Mom, mom, mom nuance. Mom, mom wants. What's mom want? <laughs> mom wants you to stop trying to figure out how to put these two words together and uh, move on. Uh, all right, and with that, Marys, um, we have another tearful moment. Uh, with oh, Eva. God. I mean, this episode's long. There's so much in this. I forgot there was another one. Um, I don't know if we need to like totally. Uh, harp or talk about Eva's moment, which was, you know, very uh, heartfelt and great. Um, I, I called do... it Eva Reconstruction. Eva Reconstruction. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out that Hollow beautifully says, do you want anything? I'll go grab it for you, babe. And I was like, babe? Babe? Wow. Babe? Wow. I didn't catch that. I only caught the first part of that. The the do you want anything? I'll get it for you. Which was like a nice compassionate moment. Oh, I love that. And again, I'm not I'm nitpicking just to point of out course, the irony. Of course, <laughs> you know they don't they don't leave that stuff in there and you know unintentionally. It was a bit, but it was so sweet. It was. It, it was, was super so sweet. Gentle. They were all gentle with her. And I liked the body language of Eva with the, the arms over the head crying. Oh, just sure. from like a, a a choice. Yes. You know. Um. Yeah. I I um. I mean, I think this moment was great to give us some Aunt Louisiana, mm-hmm. you know, what drag lets you do, what drag does. Oh, God, that quote, right? That's the beauty of what drag can do. It allows you to dig in those deep, dark areas and get it out. You might have had a really dark and horrible past, but this is just the beginning. And then Pizza Bagel Queen, uh-huh. 
I love you, Scarecrow, most of all. I mean, it. she's given Madeline a run for her BSA if she's going to be quoting the Wizard of Oz on Dragula. I mean, I, she even says Mary in this. She says Mary. I uh, mean, it, Madeline, Louisiana is delivering. It's just, yeah, you know, episode after episode. TV. Great TV. This is great keep TV. Keep her on. Yeah, yeah. Keep her on. Keep her on. My pizza queen. Uh, pizza bagel queen. Pizza bagel queen. Pizza bagel queen. Um, I also, um, you know, after that moment and that sort of like that, the I love yous and all that, which I, I very much appreciate. I I love this ongoing segment of with the music and the, what the looks that they're doing, the kind of like. Oh, yeah. But to me, Project this Runway. this to me feels like this is always Landon's moment in the episode. <laughs> I consider Landon like the, the Bob Vila of drag. Oh, sure. Every it's like, so what I'm doing and the, the, the word Dremel and EVA and like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> she's so cute. She's, I just I love the way that Landon like talks us through the construction. So I, I mentioned this to you before, but I think it's worth mentioning on the podcast. And I say this with like deep love for Landon who I think is going to the top three agreed but Landon to me reminds me of just like a chopped contestant right yes. where they're just kind of like this brilliant person pulled off the street and their producer's contestant because they're like oh, okay I'll do whatever you say it's like oh I w- really wasn't involved in that drama what was that about and uh, she's just kind of always catching up to what the reality stars are doing yeah yeah her her reads and the talking heads feel requested yes exactly it's like here could you could you say something about Dahlia having like too much power with this key? Could you give us something like that? And she'll do it. And there's no edge on the end of it. It's bumper bowling. You know, I think Dahlia is going to make a decision that's going to change this competition. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. It's uh, a lot of power. now. She has a lot of power now. The last thing that bitch needs is more power. Uh, Like it's said like that. There's no, there's no vitriol. Right. And so there's something that I find that I connect with, with Landon because it's very, it's not, put on yeah she just kind of exists in this world of weirdos mm-hmm. as another weirdo right as another weirdo and and yeah when i hear her putting it on a little bit like trying to kind of like tell us what happened what oh, happened yeah. i'm like oh it's it's endearing it is endearing but i like i am all here for somebody who's just keeping their head out of the drama totally doing next level drag yeah uh, honestly and that's also why i love those moments when the camera goes over to her and she's like well you know i'm creating this and it's just like okay so you're a genius yeah meanwhile you are like <laughs> putting in wood grain into your look and and you know they're over there you know cutting cardboard yeah cutting cardboard <laughs> what are you doing here jeff yeah just, uh, so it's just e6000 crystals <laughs> The, the name dropping, yes. rhinestones. The name dropping of crystals and rhinestone uh, names. So it's just e six science and rhinestones. It's it's her world. It's, it's her world. world. That's her shorthand. Yes. I don't know what any of that shit is. I know. Same with uh, Landon and Madeline. I mean, they just kind of are throwing out these. It's like, oh yeah, and then you heat it up with a gun, and it's just like, oh god. Yeah, yeah. It's so it's good. Like, what the fuck's a Dremel? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck is Heather? And what the fuck's a Dremel? <laughs> What the heck is a rim job? <laughs> <laughs> um, so looks, looks, looks. Uh, speaking of looks, did you notice? This is such a small detail. Danae Marys noticed that the Bully Brothers are that both of them were missing their some of their nails. No. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Look, both of them like they're missing one or two on each hand. Hmm. And I wonder why. Like, is it just to pick things up? Right. Right. Were they having chicken fingers for lunch? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
It's just, uh, yeah, I thought that was uh, just a small little detail. Um, yes, so looks, looks, looks. Uh, we don't have to go into these, but I called um, Dahlia's look not Gollum, but Dollum. Oh, <laughs> yeah, she was, uh, it was like, get your creek on. It was a, yeah. it was a, not a floor show, but a creek show. Yeah, yeah, a creek show. Bring back her precious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and I love that um, the beloved sister Mary Amber described her as the Sean Young of drag. Oh, sure. I, like, th- that is... That is painfully spot on. You know the story of Sean Young with Catwoman? No. So do you know who Sean Young is? I think so. So she was an actress in, I'm trying to think what you may have seen her in. In any event, she kind of had a rising career in the 80s, and then she really wanted the role of Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Mm. And she kind of went nuts to the point of like showing up at the studio in full Catwoman. Okay, I do know this. Yeah. And like went, you know, just kind of killed her career from there. So... (laughs) Even like Dahlia's look, it's like, yeah, that is that is Sean Young of drag. Oh, I forgot. I'm not Catwoman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm not cast. <laughs> Gotham Lady Perfume. Um. So uh, Maxi, I just called their look uh, the Greenfish Monster a la Asia O'Hara. Yes. That's <laughs> what it was reminding me of was Asia O'Hara. Yeah. Which yeah. is a brilliant look, uh, but not for a acting challenge where you have to like speak. Yeah, that felt like like a big old duh. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised that they just missed that whole part. Yeah, I feel like it was like, well, I mean, it's your week to go home, yeah. so let's just poka. see this through. Yeah, poka poka yeah. poka 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 poka. Um, Madeline, you know, for me, not to read the look too much because it was it was obviously like a cool concept, but it just reminded me of the like a costumed extra in Hocus Pocus. Oh, Madeline. Yes. Yeah, the zombie Trisha Paytas. Yes, zombie yes. Trisha Paytas. That's what it is. Yes, that's what it is. You know what? She I al- just wrote the villains in Karate Kid. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, yeah, the skeleton kids. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She also. This is you know I I had such well one one Mary. <clears throat> knew my Project Runway. A couple Marys knew my Project Runway season 16. Of course. Kenya Pullman scarf reference from a previous episode. Uh, so I'm going to try it again. <laughs> that uh, Madeline was giving me like a zombie version of season nine's Laura Kathleen. Oh my God. You are watching way too much Project Runway. I am. But listen, someone out there is like, yes, <laughs> that is Laura Kathleen back from the dead. Um, I Priscilla, I, I don't know what to say about Priscilla except that she played a character and executed that character perfectly, so it didn't really matter what she was wearing. Oh, I did. Yeah, it was it was Pizza Queen style where I don't really care what you look like. Yeah, you are perfect. It was really funny. Uh, you know, the whole time she the whole time? Uh, yeah. she in Louisiana realized, oh, don't take this too seriously. Yes, yes. you know, this, this is camp, Mary. This is camp. This is camp. Yeah, not boarding school. Right, and not uh, conservatory. <laughs> not conservatory. Not. <gasps> It's camp, not it's conservatory. Camp, not conservatory. Yes, yes, yes. It's not. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, French woods, but it's you know, it, uh, it's like the back lot of dance design. Totally. Yeah, Fairlawn. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's the dance studio where I used to take Taekwondo when I was a kid. <laughs> and there'd be all those pictures of the little girls and their little like tights, like their their glamour photos of the little dancers. Sure, sure, sure. And there we were in our geese. <gasps> Doing the little. Oh my god! I was a green belt. I'm sure you were, Mary. Yeah. I'm sure you were. You're just green with envy. Uh, um. So yes, le- uh, legs for days, Louise. Uh, that's. Oh I mean, yeah. yeah. Sing yeah. out, Louise. You know, spread them, Louise. Yeah, totally. I I, when I first saw Louise, and it was like, okay, this is 
this is the size of your drag. Yep. But to me, it is about the energy that's emanating from it her. Was, it was so good. Yeah. I just believed it. I didn't care about the shape. No, I didn't. I don't need the costume to be bigger when the performance is that right. It's like Nina West. Yes. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, yeah, I don't care about the costume because you just know who this character is. Right. And there's lots of other people here whose costumes are more complex and they're not getting it. She had the most nuance performance yes out of all of them a simple eye roll yes which Tw is twice <clears throat> twice which is steal the scene using the staff to point at people yeah i think that those moments because there were elements of this whole production that felt like a sci-fi channel original realness sure you know like it was just like okay uh this is giving me um i don't know I can't even think of Battlestar Galactica. Not even like not even, not even. maybe the original. No, it isn't. No. Um, you know, I am glad that it's not an improv challenge. I think if it had it been an improv challenge, it would have gone way off the rails. Too many. There would have been too many elements. Like yeah. this is too complex. Right. It's supposed to be referential to exactly. something. They don't all know the reference to. Yeah. And know? there were only like two or three lines. Each of them had to memorize. It's like, OK, this is. We're going to do this fine. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, like, when you could see them going off book, I mean, obviously... Mary. Mary, or when Louisiana says, oh, fuck, <laughs> after Dolly gets killed. Yes. That was... And, and I also think that Priscilla did when she says to Hollow, now look, little lady. Like, <laughs> it was just, you know, these people who knew how to do it. Yeah, they were there. They were there. They know... They were playing. They know what tone to take right. to not look like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's well said. Um, yeah, I thought um, Landon's look was straight out of World of Warcraft. Oh, that was It incredible. was perfection. And the only reason I actually agree that she didn't win is because Eva had the second best look, but the acting was better than Landon's. Yeah, the acting was was better. Landon's was a little one note, but the look was incredible. I can't think of who else. I mean, I, I think they could have edited this for Priscilla to win in some ways even. Yeah. For like just how funny she was. Yeah, you know, they could have. In my ideal world, Louisiana. Louisiana would have won. You know, Louisiana should have won. She was top three. Because she got it. Yeah. She. I feel like that was well, the key. she got well, it. Well, she got it. Yeah. She figured out how to do this in a way that worked. Right. And I just, that just takes a level of skill. It's hard in this... I don't know, labyrinth of, of characters and mm -hmm. challenges. She's just like sticking to her drag. Yeah. And it's, it's so spot on. Yeah. And I, she's balls on accurate. If I'm going to use a Marissa Tomei reference. Balls on accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Louisiana has been, I mean, Louise, just, just a fucking joy. <laughs> um, yes. So the thing about hollows look Hollow, I loved how much hair there was. I, yeah. I, I got that. I just wish there was more drag show and less cosplay in this look. That's That was my problem as well. And I, I was like, you just my, came out of a Ren Faire. Yeah, I couldn't put my finger on it, but that was that was the issue, was that it just felt like straight-up cosplay. Yeah. And I there is like a little magic something that comes with drag that makes it different from cosplay. It was too Shakespearean. It was too conservatory. Yes. And yes. Not enough camp Wanakiki, right? Yes. Yeah. There was too much of a literal interpretation and not some playfulness. Yes. Because they were so excited that it was a theater challenge. Yes. And, and they did really well. 
Yeah, you know, I actually, the first time I saw the episode, I was thinking that the judges might not like Hollow and might feel like she was over the top or melodramatic. I thought it might be like a Mimi, I'm first in the Space Queens challenge situation. That would have been a slap in the face to them. Well, I think the fact that the act one gun of of her talking about being, you know, conservatory trained and then the the violin, you know, standard, you know, uh, hoity-toity music in the background, to me it felt like Jujube talking about how great a singer she was. Mm. She can hold a note. Was that what she says? Oh, God, I hate that. I can hold a tune. I can whatever. hold, yeah. I can carry can. a note. I can carry a note. That's what she said. Is that what it is? I think so. Or I can carry a tune. It's Carry a tune is correct. Oh, so it's, I can, But I think it's hold a note. I could hold a note. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Is that really wrong? Yes. Did you hold it? You can hold a note, but that has nothing to do with what she's talking about. Oh. Yeah, because holding a note is just... Uh, Sounds or like singing to holding me. a note that says I'm gonna be I was late for school yeah. because my mom woke me up late that yeah. says fuck Shangela's drag <laughs> <laughs> what's this doing in my station I don't know oh good reference Thanks, um, yeah throwback. so so j- just to kind of I don't know uh, qu- quick notes on the acting I think Hollow did really well because she basically blocked that scene yeah ultimately I mean that was probably one of the more successful scenes. Yeah. Um, Maddie, I like, what the fuck was she carrying? It looked like, like a mobile meat carving station. Yes. <laughs> she was just like shawarma to go. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like in the Renaissance. Totally. Like, oh, it's, it's, it's traveling. It's not like the big turkey leg. It's like yeah. a big turkey leg in drag. Yeah. You know, she has the sword that she could just yeah. slice off. She could so. slice it off. She's yeah. like, oh, and you it's want it underneath. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. She's a she's a Euro hero. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's just. Yeah. I was just like that, that. I think the who was it? Was it uh, Mr. Stein, Darren Stein, who said like the prop was a little. It was so big. It was. <laughs> it, it also looked a little bit like she's been collecting all this gum. Oh, it, or like rock candy. Yeah, right? yeah, like yeah, like rock candy that you've been sucking on for like twenty five minutes, <laughs> and then had to answer the door, and you're like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, and it's all kind of melty and goopy. Yeah, yeah, or you, you those big lollipops that you get at like Walt Disney World. Yeah, yeah, it was like, but and that you'd had for like two weeks. Yes, it melted in the plane on the way home. Right, but then it also hardened after that. So it's still edible. Yeah. <laughs> It's just not big and doesn't, it's not shaped like Mickey Mouse's head anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's shaped like Walt Disney now. Yeah. Um, who came at the end of the acting challenge? Who was that? Oh, I don't know. I th- th- I really think they should have put him in earlier just to kind of like make that make sense. Yeah. That was a little weird. I, I, yeah. I think it was more just the conceit of Landon kissing this guy. Sure. Okay. Um, I also, I, you know, I felt like Louisiana, I was like, oh, did her character die? <laughs> Because I, it was just kind of like she got pushed into the wall. Yes, exactly. It's like you're an elf priestess. Is that what takes you out? You right, know, right, right. What elf, are you, a shark? Elf priestess. Punch her in the face. You know. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I. I think I agreed for the most part with how this played out. Uh, the top being Eva, Landon, and Louise. Safe Priscilla and Hollow. I might have put Priscilla a little higher. Yeah, it, the look was not as strong as Eva's. Eva's that tail could have been ridiculous. No, the, Eva's look was—I mean, it was that Twilight Zone pig nose episode. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, that was really cool. Eva's look was next level. Yeah, I don't know if I remembered her performance being that amazing. It was just very intense. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So did you did you think anybody should have been in the bottom over Maxie and Maddie? No, because Adalia like should have been right, but she got the whole key thing and. 
Yeah, she got the whole key thing, which I thought is just going to be like an all-stars kind of twist where, you know, she has the chance to, you know, eliminate somebody else. Um, did I think anyone else should have been in the bottom? No, I I think that this made sense. I think Maxie, as soon as the mask came out, I was like, and I, I was just done. I just, I wasn't as excited by Maxie as everybody else. It it just wasn't working for me. Yeah, maybe this context isn't good for them uh, in terms of these challenges. Yeah, yeah. I just, it just didn't feel like Maxie was on the same frequency as everybody else. And one's yeah. not better than the other. It just wasn't mixing to me. Got it. So... Uh, yeah, so we have the Maddie meltdown that we talked about. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, not you know. There, I feel like the the pre the precursor to the meltdown was the windstorm happening during the deliberations. Oh, I wasn't. <clears throat> you didn't notice like how windy it was getting. There was one shot of the Boulets and and the other two judges, and it was like a sandstorm around. Really, them. it was ridiculous. Oh, I wasn't. It made me wonder if they had like dubbed they had to dub the scene like to get the dialogue <laughs> no they had they have mics yeah but it was just like even with that um and also of course that the winner uh eva won a feast at medieval times oh god and, and you know what that is that's roast chicken and that's pepsi roast chicken and pepsi it's exactly. roast chicken and room temperature pepsi it was like a thousand dollar yeah a thousand dollars of boston market chicken breasts <laughs> And warm RC cola. I didn't love that, but uh, yes, I didn't love that um, that prize. But you know, uh, I feel like even the boulets were like, "So sorry." Here is what you got. I mean, it would have been cool if it was like you have this uh, free booth at a Ren fair. You know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If there was some kind of like maybe yeah access, uh, all access pass to a Ren fair. Yeah. Or um, even a show or something. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> something. I don't know. Yeah. A stay at this castle, you know. Right, right. It's a thousand bucks. They right. Could, yeah. Like, come on, a thousand bucks. Medieval times. Do you have to go to Lynnhurst, New Jersey? Oh my God. Or I mean, is is there? Are there multiple medieval? There are. There are. That's right. There, there are. are. Because I'm thinking of what was the movie where they? It was it. Um, Cable Guy. That's yes. Yes. God. <laughs> wow. I thought it. I, in my mind, it was potentially um, knocked up, but they go to see Cirque du Soleil when they I do mushrooms. I don't even remember that. Yeah. Oh, they do mushrooms and go see Cirque du Soleil. But no, you're right. It's Cable Guy. Yeah, Cable Guy. Uh, yeah, so Maddie has that uh, meltdown. I mean, fuck the big picture, Clint. Tote bag. T- t-shirt. I mean, yeah. just, just the meaning of all of that in the context of a reality show. Yeah, I mean, this is we've talked about this in past episodes, the meta-ness, referring to the cameras, referring to the, this competition as a box you either fit into or you don't, and if you don't, fuck it. Now, like, Dragula has pulled back the veil more and more each episode. Now we're literally seeing the producers trying to talk a contestant into doing what she agreed to yeah, in her, con- in her contract. Picture. And uh, Yeah, think big picture. Think big picture. I don't think about the big picture. And when she says, like, I told, when she said, I told you not to humiliate me. Right. I mean, right. it gives you that 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 glance, you know, that look into, like, what it takes or, like, what happens when they when they try to bring a queen on. Is a queen like Madeline being like, well, I'll come on the show, but here's what I'm not going to be on camera yeah, doing. Yeah, right. And is that fair? Ugh. I mean, of course it's fair, but at the same time, we did hear Maddie say, you know, you're either, you either do it or you don't. Yeah, yeah. This is what we all signed up to do. And get on with it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like okay. And this, I mean, what I think is really interesting is that we see we see a scene of Madeline getting vulnerable, talking about addiction. You know, there's obviously there's a lot going on. Demons going on, and so I think when we think about fears, like confronting the fear of humiliation, the fear of shame, the fear of people like seeing you. 
you know low low i think there is a there's a there's a there's a poetry here right about what she's being forced to confront in the right. same episode we're seeing her kind of confronting other demons you know yeah because it's also like yeah the past two weeks i've been in the bottom like okay i don't belong here i'm not gonna do this fucking challenge Clint. right and then she says and it's great for you guys to have me oh, keep I going through part. this oh yeah it's great for you guys yeah yeah i mean that... this is reality remember that yeah oh, but this God. is reality yeah and and it just it goes back to like the inclusion the choice to include that in the yeah. show is is really fascinating yeah and it, i'm sure one of the producers like called her up or texted her and was like hey just so you know we kept all of that in maybe be prepared for your viewing party and whatnot i missed her viewing party this week but uh yeah i mean it, it, this whole episode for maddie has been it was very vulnerable. Yeah. We I saw mean, a lot of her. I also feel like how much of a warning did she need? Because like now, yeah, may, maybe not necessary because she knew what she was doing. Yeah. Maybe she, yeah, maybe she knew what she was doing. And I'm again, I'm kind of okay with that. I also loved her in the extermination challenge. Yeah. It was so funny. Yeah. Oh, was, my, and they were like throwing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at them. I was like, Oh, please. Right. Right. She was eating it at one point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I also, I mean, it was so subjective, that mini challenge, or sorry, mini challenge, that extermination. I mean, Maxie was, quote unquote, slaying Madeline. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, we all knew who was going to go home. Well, that's the thing is they were never going to send Madeline home for making good TV. I mean, that's. that is why we keep bringing up that it's a competition and a reality TV show is because... Both of them were important to make this a good show. Yeah. Maxie was actually avoiding drama. Was every every other minute it was like, oh god, here comes the drama again. Got to mm. stop with the drama. And I'm not like feasting on the drama, but that's what we're here. It's the name of the fucking game, you know. It's half the game. <clears throat> yeah, yeah and game. and Maxie wasn't really contributing that, whereas Madeline was driving that. I mean, right. she describes herself as the cunt of season three, and you know the producers know that. Yeah. They're like, like, think big picture, Maddie. Yeah, her saying that at the beginning of the episode was really the act one gun. Right. You know, because that's what she did this episode. Mm, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, the the throwing of the food, the the reading, the yelling, uh, it was all, they were all having a really good time. Yeah. And again, I love that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed <laughs> it that. It wasn't as hard emotionally as I think that they were setting it up to be. I was picturing, and granted, I, you know, I, I make a reference on something I know little about, Game but there's that scene of Game of Thrones. Yes. That, that, it was. The walk of shame, yeah. And that's violence, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I, I think that that's how they sort of described it was going to be. And then yeah. it was more of like, well, we've got this little stage here. Yeah, We're going to yeah. throw some produce at you. Yeah. yeah, and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Exactly. From the craft Yeah, exactly. Stable. This is leftovers from craft services. Oh my it's not God. garbage. Yeah, it's literally leftovers. Yeah. yeah, these are just some oranges no one ate. Right. Yeah. Right. Hopefully it was all biodegradable. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, except for that hot dog. You know. Oh God. Yeah. No. And and how Landon just kind of ended it all, and she was just like, "All right, you know." And he poured it all over them. Oh, oh yeah. A what big was... bucket of food. Oh, oh, that's right. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was uh, someone probably said Landon. So we kind of need you to like. Can you get rid of the rest? Could you, yeah. Could you? Do you want to have a moment? Because you've been kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. You've been clapping and laughing. Yeah. Can you have less fun and be a little more? difficult with us yeah uh yeah so finally you know um maxi goes home 
Yeah. Um, it was, you know, a pretty easy death scene. Yeah, it was just kind of like, oh, okay. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Um, and we have four winners, or three winners. Uh, Eva's won two, Landon and Dahlia. Um, oh. And somebody pointed out on Instagram that in Dragula Herstory, um, or Itstory, uh, yeah. uh, the winner of the season is in the first three episodes. Wow. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. I really do want it to be Landon. Yeah, I want it to be Landon too. I think Landon is the strongest drag performer in that in that group right now. I mean, I want Louisiana to just take it home. Of course I do, but I also recognize that like if it comes down to like what Landon is doing in drag with the art of drag yeah. is just so and it's scary. It, yeah, it's so complex, whereas yeah. what Louisiana is doing is very specific and is great and is more about the nuance and the energy and the references, but it it might not feel big enough in a TV show. I have a feeling that they're not going to crown someone like Hollow. Yeah, I don't see Hollow. I see Hollow. I thought last episode I would have said, okay, Hollow's going to the end. <clears throat> I could see Hollow not going to the end now. I actually, I really, Same. I do think it will be Eva. I would, I would say Eva, Priscilla. Landon, and Priscilla. Oh wow, that's that would be a very exciting top three. Uh, not Dahlia. No. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's not that many folks left, right? No, I mean, there's not many left. Yeah. God. Um. Well, that's that's the episode. That's this is it. a long one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Marys, if you have any thoughts on Dragula episode four, you can reach out to us on Twitter at AllRightMary, or you can find us on the web at www.AllRightMary.com, or you can email us at AllRightMaryPodcast at gmail.com, and let us know your thoughts on the Maddie Meltdown, on Babygate, on uh, Eva's Tears, on, on the whole episode, and, and your own predictions. We'd love to hear where you're feeling right now. Uh, we also love memes, so if you want to send us memes, and this is just you know a general call for pictures of pets oh yeah uh, we yep. we love those we've been getting less of those and we have not been asking yeah. cats so dogs cats, dogs and rabbits, everything rabbits hamsters ferrets yeah so people yeah. have rats i understand they're supposed to be very intelligent yeah templeton i, I mean think yeah. templeton yeah think templeton from Charlotte's Web. Oh, I'm vaguely familiar with Charlotte's Web. Okay, and yeah. Stuart Little. Stuart Little, yeah. Um, it's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, of course. Anyway, you can also follow me on Instagram at Johnny Also. And you can get more of me on my podcast, In the Details, A Celebration of Nuance. And you can get more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can get more of both of us at patreon.com backslash all right mary where you will get access to a bonus episode every single week and now is a great time as we are bringing on the all right scary all the way over to mate to the patreon to the matreons for some uh all kinds of spooky witchy goodness yes this next week uh we are uh missing a week because uh the free skate from last week is simon dunan interview uh, is going to kind of take the place of the, the Patreon episode but yeah uh, we'll be, we will be back uh lickety split mary oh yeah uh so it is time of course it's that time for the last chance lip sync yeah sorry i'm a reptile i'm a last chance lip sync <laughs> <laughs> and baba beans yeah nice canty nice canty so i uh, i think we both feel it is uh appropriate um, 
and fitting, but it would be too obvious to do the original. So we're doing a cover of Bang Bang, My Baby, Shot Me Down, mm. uh, sung by Nico Vega. Yeah. So, um, it, it also uh, a call to kind of Kill Bill and that whole energy as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's worth, so, worth noting. Yeah, uh, I feel like this is a fun lip sync to do in a trench coat and eventually have a reveal. Yes. Mm. Anyway, that's all for me. Yeah, that's all for me, Marys. We'll see you next week with a special guest. Mm, well, praise be. I was five and he was six. We rode on horses made of sticks. He wore black and I wore white. He would always win the fight. Bang, bang. He shot me down. Bang, bang. I hit the ground. Bang, bang. That awful sound. Bang, bang. My baby shot me down Seasons came and changed the time When I grew up I called him mine He would always laugh and say Remember when we used to play Bang, bang, I shot you down bang.